Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hi. Hello. So you're about to hear an episode about Disney's The Little Mermaid. A popular across a popular movie. Uh-huh. Uh, it was recorded in Seattle. Yerp. At the Jewel Box Theater. Yes. But before we get to that, we have a whole slew of things we would like to plug. Just upcoming yes. shows We're touring whatnot. once again. Can yes. you believe it? So before we go on tour, though, our, our first show chronologically coming up is at the Ruby in Los Angeles mm-hmm. on April 6th, 930 and we're doing um, Bring It On with Maggie, uh, Maggie May, a uh, returning favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mid-April, we're going to be in Denver just doing some stand-up shows to be announced on our individual website. Yes. And then uh, me, Caitlin, hi. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, my intro to screenwriting workshop in Denver at Comedy Works uh, on April 13th. So again, yeah, check out my website, CaitlinDrante.com for those details. Uh, and then also, <laughs> I'm going to be at Penn State University in State College, Pennsylvania on April 20th. I'm doing a stand-up show there at the Carnegie Cinema. On April 28th, uh, we're going to be at the Bell House in Brooklyn with Melissa Lozada Oliva doing a live show on 13 Going on 30. Tickets for that are already going really fast, so if you are on the fence, definitely get your tickets soon. They're selling... Very quickly. Uh huh. And uh, that's the first date of our little East, East Coast, Coast tour. tour. The next one is April 30th. We're going to be at Good Good Comedy Theater in Philadelphia. And uh, I'll be doing my show, Boss Whom is Girl, right after uh, the Bechtelcast live show that very same night. Oh, yeah. So stick around for that. 
Then on May 1st, we're going to be at the Draft House Comedy Theater in Washington, D.C. And then on May 2nd, we will be back at the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston. Uh, We're going to be at the Rockwell. That's on May 2nd. And then uh, for all you little New Yorkers out there, uh, I'll be back in New York on May 9th doing Boss Whomas Girl at Union Hall at 730. Oh, my goodness. I'll also be doing something in New York myself. Oh, yeah. It's the same day as our New York show on April 28th. I'm going to be doing another intro to screenwriting workshop. So come and learn from me, a master. From a master. (laughs) Um, And we're still in the process of confirming guests and movies for most of those dates. So just stay tuned to the Twitter, the Instagram, etc. We'll be releasing that info ASAP. So go to BechtelCast.com for details on the live podcast shows and uh, keep an eye on the social meds. The mm-hmm. social meds. And finally, we just wanted to plug our campaign to raise money for uh, the organization called Black Girls Code. Uh, and we are doing that by selling Rise of the Matriarchy t shirts. There's only a few days left because the campaign ends at the end of March. Yes. So, and we want to um, raise as much money as possible. So please. Grab the Rise of the Matriarchy shirt. Designed it myself. It's cute. It's, it's adorable. Hat. You can grab it at uh, tpublic.com slash the Bechtel cast. Only a few days left. And uh, we'd really appreciate it if you helped us meet our goal. Indeed. And uh, go ahead and enjoy the episode. Without further ado, The Little Mermaid. The Bechtel cast. Uh, hi, what's up? Welcome to the Welcome. show. Welcome to the Bechdel Cast Live Seattle. Wow. Uh, we're so psyched you're here. This is our last stop on our West Coast tour. Uh, this is our first time coming here. Mm-hmm. We're so excited here. to be here. We're stoked to be here. Just out of curiosity, by round of applause, who has listened to our show before? Hey, oh. a couple. Okay, my favorite. Clap as if you're embarrassed and want to disappear if you've never listened to our show before and this is your first time. Yep. <laughs> That's, those are the brave. Thank, thank you to uh, everyone who dragged their friends who've never listened to the show before uh, to the show. Yes, thank this you so is, much. This is, how, this is how it goes. That's right. Um, so for, for the three of you, uh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what the show is. Uh, the Bechtel Cast is our uh, podcast about uh, the portrayal of women in movies that mm-hmm. is usually bad. Right. And we use the Bechtel test as a jumping off point to initiate that conversation. And that, of course, is a media test created by cartoonist Alison Bechtel that requires that a movie has two female identifying characters with names who speak to each other and their conversation has to be about something other than a man. Today, we have uh, both an incredible guest and a movie that had to be done sooner or later. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But a movie, at least I don't want to speak for everyone, but a great movie. Or it was. We all used to think so. Um, (laughs) It's a problematic slapper. Yes. I still, I fully saw, this movie was playing in in Los Angeles uh, last weekend, and I went, and I cried so much. It was... Wait, this movie... hideous. What what about this movie makes you cry? Like, which parts? Um, you know, lost youth. Okay, Uh, okay. (laughs) 
not to shame you for emotions. Oh but. no, when I think of no, just like anytime I'm confronted with so, not even confront like I had a lovely childhood for the most part, but I just it was like I I had like I have a nostalgia faucet that just turns on. I, I see. I'm like I saw this once, and I'm like ah, I was crying, and there were also a bunch of cute kids mm. uh, dressed as mermaids there. I probably looked like a pervert being at this place. Uh, I am a lone adult, but there, but there were a bunch of cute kids that were so excited, and when Ariel came on screen, they were like, yeah! And, and then I cried. So kids are still watching this movie. Um, I think because I guess. their parents, yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's why we're here. <laughs> um, but I do still have a crying response to this movie. I see. I love it. I cry for the entire duration of Moana, so I get it. Mm-hmm. But um, well, you're very welcome. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank there. you. I cry at uh, everything all all the time, <laughs> and I I like to pay to put myself in circumstances <laughs> where I can cry in public and it is not inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that a public screening of The Little Mermaid is a good example <laughs> of that. Now that I say it out loud, I'm always just looking for a, a dark space to cry in. Sure, 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 sure. A dark sanctioned space <laughs> to cry in. Just out of curiosity, is there anyone here who has not seen Disney's The Little Mermaid? Good. Wow. Great. This is the first time this has ever happened at a live show. We've done probably like 20 live shows now, and there's always like... 10 people who are like, I've never seen the movie you're talking about. And then one person is like, I'm at the wrong event. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. (laughs) This is great. Shall we introduce our guest? Yes. All right. They are a local Seattle comedian. They're the co-host of the Hot Takes with Hot Dykes podcast. And you can check them out on their website, clarapluton.org. Give it up for Clara Clara Pluton. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, how are we doing? Thanks for being here. Oh my God, thanks for having me. This is great. Um, Tell us your your history, your relationship with The Little Mermaid. Uh, My relationship with The Little Mermaid has always been sparse. Even Mm. like as a child, I was a lesbian. Like I didn't like it. I was like, this is fake news. I don't want... (laughs) anything to do with this this seems wrong I didn't like princesses growing up sure I liked Pokemon mm-hmm. Sailor Moon was like the closest thing to a princess Ooh, okay. yes someone yes. was like feminist uh, <laughs> totally nice but you've seen it at I've least, seen uh, it so I think I watched it maybe once as a wee one but it really was like when I had to watch it for this that I sunk my teeth into it okay Ooh. yes Wow. It just did it. It never appealed to me. I was like, why would someone not want to be a mermaid? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Right? I was like, where's my version where I turn into a mermaid? Yeah. yeah. I plunge myself deeper into the ocean. Yes. My parents are like, where are you? I'm like trying to find this cool world yeah. that people want to leave for some reason. It didn't make sense. Reverse dingle hop. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Literally. what we call forks. Yes. yes. <laughs> Under the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what's your history with the movie? Uh, I'm a, I, it makes me cry. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I had the Disney Renaissance catalog hammered into me yes. as a kid, as a child who uh, needed to be shut up very often. VHS tapes were employed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into your mouth? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> 
they would I would have the VHS for Dumbo in my mouth so I could not make a noise and I would be watching The Little Mermaid uh, double fisting Disney <laughs> yeah well my mom ran a daycare when I was growing up so there would always be something playing uh, for like a, whatever rogue child would wander into uh, room so yeah. so we were playing Disney movies at our house all the time uh, for like the first 10 years of, of my life so I was very attached to this movie mm-hmm and most of the princess uh, movies of this era, and I do think it uh, affected me negatively. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, Uh, same. What what about you? This movie came out when I was like three, and I probably saw it when I was five, and then every day for those like next 10 years, probably. (laughs) Until you're 15 years old? (laughs) Yes, correct. You went to your homecoming in a full red wig. <laughs> Why does no one want to date me? <laughs> I will say, I had a second wave of love for The Little Mermaid in high school, weirdly, where mm. I like loved it when I was a kid, and then I loved it again as like a t-shirt you could purchase at Hot Topic. Sure. <laughs> and I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Oh, no, that's, that's mostly it. Yeah, so this movie is very ingrained into me. I'm sure it, it sh- shaped my, you know, Play-Doh brain when I was a small child for the worst. So the philosopher, right? Yes, correct. (laughs) Your genius grad school brain. Speaking of ancient (laughs) speaking of ancient Greek philosophers, shout out to our producer Aristotle. He is not here. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Sorry. But our good friend Sammy is here, who you might remember from the She's the Man episode. So Shouts out. For true Bechdel heads. Yeah. You'll know. You'll know. Um, I just feel like I never liked princesses because I always had too thick of an attachment to irony. Like, I couldn't deal with it. I was like five and I wanted to watch David Lynch's Eraserhead. What? (laughs) I just got emo too quick. I'm like, Mm. no musicals. It's too corny. You're a child of nihilism. (laughs) Fully. Fully. I came from Nietzsche. And That's now great. I'm here. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm but jealous. the Little Mermaid at this age now made me cry. So okay. I get it. Now it went like full throttle. Now I want my youth back. Oh, I'm like, please okay. give it back to me. I wasted it away <laughs> listening to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I want to so feel young crazy. again, please. Yeah. <laughs> there was also, like, when I, I think maybe what motivated my high school uh, re-appreciation was when I was in high school, Tumblr was becoming a thing. Mm. So there was a lot of shitty fan art of, like, Ariel, but, like, she had tattoos. <laughs> and you were oh. like, oh. <laughs> Brilliant postmodern reimagining. <laughs> <laughs> or she'd have like a period. Does anyone remember that shitty yeah. fan art that was like of all the Disney princesses? She was skateboarding like with a fin. <laughs> yeah. It's like how. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is still nothing like me. But uh, they just adapted like, oh, what was aspirational for me as a child to what was aspirational to me as a teenager, which is like a hot goth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they really, they got me twice. Oh. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Disney. Should I do the recap? Um, all right, so we see an opening shot of dolphins are jumping around in front of a already. ship that later sinks. What is this, Titanic? <laughs> Ooh, big O. Okay. Uh, the fish gets away, I start crying. I know. <laughs> the second the fish was like, Whew, I was like, oh, he... <laughs> I wish. Why, why hasn't he come back? Right. Yeah, I'm sorry to impose gender on this fish. I don't know. We don't right. know their story. In any case. Probably a non-binary fish. I hope so. Yes. We meet Eric. He's a prince. He's sailing on a ship. He's colonizing places probably with his other white 
sailors. He's also wearing a blouse. He also <laughs> plays the flute. Uh, the recorder. The recorder, worse. Yeah. <laughs> Is it confirmed recorder? I believe okay. so. I was I like, because he's playing it frontways. It sounds like a recorder. Yeah, it okay, sounds like yeah. a recorder. I forgot that shot of him moodily, sexily, <laughs> wearing a cape, yes. playing the recorder, like, what do I do? <laughs> yes. He's such a Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say it. Oh, no shade. But he gets, like, really, like, broody at one point, and I screenshotted it and posted it with a flute, and I got roasted. They're like, no, idiot. It's a recorder. I was like, okay, people online need to chill out, but... And then you see he, spoiler alert, flings the recorder into the sea. <laughs> Polluting. <laughs> yes. Compost the recorder. Come on. Right. So, which kind of confirms that it's a recorder, because he flings it with the ease that one may fling a recorder. <laughs> okay, also, real quick, Prince Eric, really? Eric. Like, what prince is named Eric? Could it be, like, right. Ericobia? <laughs> I'm not buying it. Yeah, it's, like, basically, like, Prince Joey. <laughs> prince Brendan. <laughs> prince Toby. Like, okay, Disney. Do you think that uh, Donald Trump's son used to call himself Prince Eric when he was little? <laughs> yes. I think he did. Shout out to my brother, like Eric, who... Oh, yeah. <laughs> who does listen to the podcast, so... Shouts oh, out. Yeah, because I texted you, uh, Prince Eric Hot, and you were like, same name as my brother, can't do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Eric, he's hanging around, uh, and then the sailors are like, hey, have you heard of this King Triton? And he's like, no, what are, what are mer people? And then we meet some mer people. Bunch of old perverts tell us about the mer people. <laughs> yeah, King Triton, we meet Sebastian the Crab, he's conducting a concert, and all of Triton's daughters are singing, except for Ariel. <gasps> and then she comes no on good. screen, and all the kids in the costumes are like, yeah! Aww. Were you on the E-Bombs world ever? Yes. Okay, because remember in E-Bombs world days, where it was like, <sighs> hidden things you didn't see in Disney movies, and it's like, on the cover of the Little Mermaid, there's a penis. There's yeah. a penis. King Triton's castle. So the whole movie, I was like, "Where's the penis?" Mm-hmm. I had my binoculars out, like ready to see the <laughs> sneaky penis. All subsequent releases post '89, they <gasps> take out all the because the priest has a boner yes. in the original movie, and they edit it. They edit the censorship. The, I yes. know. I was like, "Where's <laughs> right. our erect, tiny old man representation?" Yeah. <laughs> In I'm ready. I'm horny. Erasure. <laughs> yeah. So we meet Ariel. Uh, she is exploring a shipwreck, much like Bill Paxton in Titanic. <laughs> and she's there with her fish friend Flounder. Because uh, the thing is, that she loves human stuff. So she's like collecting all these artifacts, a fork and the she's pipe. She's basically a paleontologist, except humans she's are alive. She's basically a hoarder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I don't like calling her a hoarder. Like, she is, she, I, my whole thing with Ariel is like, she starts like having an intellectual interest in something mm-hmm. and then it's like taken away from her and then they're like, actually, you need a boyfriend and she's like, oh. Yeah, and that's true. The, and then the movie ends. She was trying to be... She was trying to be an archaeologist, a woman in STEM, yeah. if you will. Well, I think that she is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you can have a collection and not be... I sound really defensive. Yeah, you got, you got, like, <laughs> very, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's not like it was snow globes. Right? Yeah, it sure. was like different variety that inspired... She was curious about that. Waterproof books. Yes. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
And then she like takes them all to scuttle. He lies to her about what they are. Original mansplainer. (laughs) Right. Yes. I'm tired of scuttle. Uh, and then we meet Ursula. She's a sea witch, and she's bitter for having been banished from the the sea palace. Yes. Uh, so she wants her eel friends, Flotsam and Jetsam, mm. to keep an eye on Ariel because she might be the key to Triton's undoing. undoing. <laughs> so, I think Flotsam and Jetsam need their own spinoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're charismatic and fun to me. Like mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa got one. Right. I want them up true. to no good, swashbuckling. I just wish that Flotsam and Jetsam had, like, different personalities. Like, where's, who's cranky in the morning? We just don't know. (laughs) Who's, like, the night owl? Who's, like, get to bed on time? (laughs) Who is, like, five years sober and who's still partying? Doing ketamine. Right. Right. (laughs) It's Flotsam. (laughs) It's Flotsam. Flotsam is addicted to ketamine. Yeah. (laughs) It's canonical. (laughs) Ariel, she's talking to Triton, and Flounder lets it slip that she went to the surface. And Triton's like, "You can't do that because humans are evil and she's, they're I'm barbaric." I'm six years old. I'm not a child. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. We're like, one. "Oh, she's 16." Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> For what happens later? Um, and here's where I really start to see myself in Ariel. Because, like, going to the surface for me and, like, sneaking... Like, I was sneaking around all the time at 16. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the surface. It was, like, raves on the south side of Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, abandoned Chinese restaurants. So, like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's the same for Ariel, except she's got, like, a cave of wonders, basically. And she keeps all her human artifacts there. Yeah. And Sebastian follows her there. And she's singing about how she wants to be part of the human world. And And then we see some amazing shots of her hair. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Some great hair shots. And just then... A ship traveling overhead Ah! goes by, and she's like, wow, who's this man? And this is where the movie really falls apart. (laughs) Right. I like the movie up to that point, and then it it loses me. the story of a young anthropologist. Yeah! Yeah. It's over. She literally starts as a young scientist, Mm -hmm. and then she's derailed by heteronormativity. Yep. Uh, and a hurricane strikes, uh, and Eric's ship is destroyed, and Ariel saves him, and she sings to him, and he starts to wake up, and he sees her upper body, but not her mermaid fish tail. So and he's he like, gets oh. horny. He gets very horny. <laughs> he's like, I was dead, but now I'm alive and horny? <laughs> But she disappears into the ocean before he can, like, fully regain consciousness. And he was like, oh, my God, who was that? If Eric's dog could talk, this movie would be over so fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> Eric's dog repeatedly has the receipts. <laughs> but not, the, like, the communication ability. I just wish that Eric would have been able to write a Craigslist misconnection. <laughs> mm. Like, saw hot girl, maybe teen, not sure. Perhaps a mermaid. <laughs> Get back to me. Here's my kick. HM you. DM me, please. (laughs) And then Ariel is swooning, and Sebastian tries to convince her that where she belongs is under the sea in the great song that we all love. But she's not having it. And then Triton finds out that Ariel is in love with a human, so he destroys all of her stuff. I hated that scene. That's where I cried. It still upsets me. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Like full flashbacks of my dad, like throwing my bong down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's like, I found sheets of acid again. <laughs> I'm burning them all. I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, and then, so Ariel goes to Ursula based on the promise that she will use magic to turn Ariel into a human for three days. And if she gets Eric to kiss her by the end of the day on the third day, she gets to stay a human forever. Mm-hmm. And if she fails... Which is a curse. Yes. <laughs> As right? we all know. True. <laughs> and if she fails, she will belong to Ursula. To me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And as payment, Ursula takes Ariel's voice. Mm. So she has legs, but no voice. And she goes to the surface. Some and her- artfully dodged nudity in this right? scene. I'm still shocked at how far down the torso you go. I was like, when do yes. mermaid pubes start coming in? Because <laughs> I'm not seeing any. That's a great question. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> My favorite line in the movie, it's from the song where Ursula takes Ariel's voice, obviously, which is men prefer women to not make a word. Yeah. <laughs> I just love like, that line. Oh. <laughs> is Let's she who holds her tongue? To children. To yeah. 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 Um, Body so, language. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I think the best Disney song of all time, Poor Unfortunate Souls. It's, it's good. really good. It's one of my faves. Yeah. So Ariel's animal friends are helping her. She finds Eric and he's like, oh, you're really cute. What's your name? And she can't talk. So he's like, oh, you're Even not. Better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Marry me now. Well, yeah. well, he says, do I know you? He doesn't say you're hot. Well, true. He, said, he, he thinks it, He's though. like, hey, were you that girl that made me horny when I thought I was dead? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, and did I see you at the party last night? <laughs> I was too nervous to say anything. I was like sort of blacked out, but you look familiar. <laughs> like, uh, did you go here? <laughs> that is something that Eric's do. <laughs> he just comes from like a line of like swashbuckling frat bros. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yo, you're pretty chill. What's your name? Don't care. Can't talk? Sick. Sick. <laughs> Want to come to my house? It's a castle. My dad lets me have a castle. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't even know what he does, like stockbroker or whatever. There's this lady there. She'll give you a bath. <laughs> it sounds sus, but it is not sus. <laughs> because she can't talk, he's all like, oh, you're not the woman who I thought you were, yeah. but I'll let you hang out with me anyway. And he takes her on a tour of the town. They're on a rowboat at night. There's another, another slapper song that's great, but problematic. And yeah. <laughs> um, they almost kiss. And then Ursula is like, oh, my God, that was too close. So but Flotsam eels... and Jetsam come in clutch every time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Flotsam and J- Ursula is work from home. Yeah. <laughs> Flotsam and Dream Jetsam are in the fields. <laughs> right. They're out there. <laughs> so to prevent any more close calls, Ursula disguises herself as a human woman and then uses the voice that she stole from Ariel to, like, seduce and enchant Eric, yes, uh, and then it's announced that Eric is getting married the next day because he was under a spell of horny. Correct, <laughs> and he's supposed to be getting married to the woman that Ursula is pretending to be. Is her name Victoria? So, is that I right? I think Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah, mm-hmm. Vanessa. Vanessa and Eric. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Ariel, she and her friends are trying to stop the wedding. Well, Ariel gives up right away. She's like, like when. It's like all of her friends that have to be like, no, let's try to do something. Right. She's like, she's like, no. 
because well, she she has no agency at this point. And she then, the second she loses her voice, we just lose the character entirely. It right. sucks. Yeah, but then she gets her voice back because like the shell necklace breaks. Right, uh, scuttle galvanizes the various sea creatures mm-hmm. <laughs> that are annoying, <laughs> and that's sort of their role right. in this. But it's too late because the sun has set and she turns back into a mermaid and Ursula snatches her up. And all the humans are very chill about like, oh, I guess there's mermaids. Like, right. There's no, that's not a dress that I mean, there's a lot of people at this wedding Fully. and she turns into a mermaid right in front of them. And then a person they thought was a person explodes into an octopus. True. <laughs> and we never get their side of the story. And in fact, we don't really know what happens to the people on the boat because, I mean, what happens to the wedding guests? Right, because about a half hour later, Ursula... Doesn't the boat sink again? uh, Maybe, because she enhances in size by like 8,000 times and... (laughs) That spell was unclear to me. (laughs) I think they were like, we're having mimosas. There's canapes. Yeah. Maybe it's Cirque du Soleil themed. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they're regularly doing hallucinogenics. They're like, whoa, wild wedding. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually an ayahuasca ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) But do the people, like, do we know what happens? I truly haven't thought about this. Like, do we know what happens to the wedding guests? I don't think so, no. There are so many people at that wedding. What happens to that? The boner priest. We don't know. Justice for boner <laughs> Weird. So Ursula like uses Ariel as leverage to get the power away from King Triton, and then she, yeah, she like he turns gets into huge. A also, King Triton kind of zaddy. He's very like for sure Momoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's very buff. <laughs> he's buff, long beard, like Zeus vibe. His, yeah. Like, I get it. The fact that his nipples are very visible throughout the entire movie yeah. is something that I noticed Cold as a water. five-year-old <laughs> and never, I thought about nothing else. Since. The way his nipple, the way his nipples are drawn, first of all, he's also hairless, which is like, okay. Uh he is a smooth zaddy. <laughs> but it, there's no distinct... I'm sure because like Disney thinks that any detailing of the body in a realistic way is repulsive. But there's no distinction between nipple and areola. It's just mm. like vague, large blob. And you're like, so... Th-, and I remember literally being like, so that's what men look like. Yeah. <laughs> They're just sort of a pancake-y surface. Yeah. Like, that's my dad. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, cool. Never seen my dad's shirtless. He's a humble man. So <laughs> now I know. <laughs> smooth. All also, the mermen are smooth. part of Disney canon? Like, there's like no moms in Disney movies, right? True. Oh, yeah. We'll get yeah. there. Okay, yeah. 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 Put a Don't worry. They're, yeah, mommies are canceled. Yeah. <laughs> True. Because he's like the scrappy divorcee. He's oh, like, I got all God. these daughters. Yeah. <laughs> They're up to no like good. Seven he's like seven daughters. He's <laughs> I'm up to here with he's all like, oh, my fucking daughters. I don't know what to do all my fucking daughters. Where's that movie? <laughs> he's I like Lady Gaga's dad in A Star is Born. Yeah. He's like, I'm busy. Oh, my daughters. Oh, Get God. back here. I'm smashing your stuff. Dice can't even handle one daughter, man. He can give Dice seven daughters. daughters. Fuck. He's going to screw up. <laughs> Why was Dice in that movie? Anyways. I don't know. 
Anyway, so Ursula's huge, and she's trying to kill Eric and, and Ariel, she's and huge. She's, she's huge. She's, <laughs> she's so large. The thing is, she gets very large. Yes. And then uh, Eric takes what used to be a sunken ship and uh, drives it into her pointy end first and bursts her, yeah. and then she dies. Yeah. She's also made to she's made to seem like unkillable what with the growing quite large right but then is immediately killed right <laughs> right 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 Flotsam and Jetsam also die they're that's why there's no spinoff they are killed okay I need to see them in hell immediately <laughs> yes <laughs> And then in the aftermath of all of that, uh, Ariel is looking longingly at Eric on a beach and Triton's like, wow, she really loves him. I have to let her go. And then he From turns her into patriarchal structure to the next, <laughs> turns her into human again. And she goes and kisses and marries Eric. And that is the story of feminist masterpiece, The oh, Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. So there you have it. And by the way, I, I guess just as we were talking it out now, the ship they get married on is, within the past few weeks, the third ship that Eric has needed to, to buy, rent? Yeah. He's My having dad a- gave me his black Amex. I keep <laughs> crashing all these boats. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know. Prince Eric is a Magnesis member. <laughs> From all my Firefest head. He went to Firefest. Eric literally went to Firefest. He's like, oh shit, I put $800,000 on my fire band. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking embarrassing. He's in the dock, like, I wanted to do body shots on Bella Hadid. Like, I got it for my birthday. My wife, Ariel, let me go. (laughs) She's super chill. (laughs) This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. 
kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. All right. So, I mean, there are problems that people have been talking about for (laughs) a long time now. The various obvious ones where, you know, Ariel changes herself and sacrifices basically every significant thing about herself so that she can be with a man. All agency. Yeah. (laughs) There's, you know, Ariel's voice being taken away and, you know, she doesn't have access to any language that allows her to communicate effectively. (laughs) This is an interesting movie when we were like setting up this episode because we're like the, the criticism around this movie is so well known mm-hmm. that to some extent it's like yeah it's like we all know this but there's like there's but there's more there's, <laughs> there's more there's more i feel like one of the other more obvious ones is like eric falling in love with her despite not knowing anything about her because mm-hmm. again she cannot communicate in any way i'm a bartender so. and that happens like every shift <laughs> every shift's like whoa I think I love you. <laughs> I don't know anything about you. I'm like, this is so much fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, if only you couldn't talk. Yeah. So right. let's dive into perhaps some of dive the... Dive in. Le- di- oh, Caitlin. scam? Pun, pun intended. We'll never know. What, where should we start? I mean, where to start? I mean, let's start with Ursula as a mean lesbian. Okay. okay. Let's do right. it. There's a lot of queer coding in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And I just think like, Ursula is the most badass person in the whole movie. She just yes. like hates straight people and like <laughs> will do anything in her power to take their power away. Yes. Because obviously Flotsam Jetsam dating. Yeah. Yes. Like I twonk think... icons. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are they brothers or boyfriends? We don't know. <laughs> we don't have to know. And that's I her mean, little like they're, army. They're touchy. Yeah. yeah. If they're brothers, they're touchy brothers. They're dancing <laughs> in the sea. They're regularly like, like intertwined. Sw- they're skin to skin. Yeah. Yes. They're, um, they're, they've got to be dating they're or they're dating. creepy brothers. <laughs> 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 And she just wants to ruin... She's like, I don't want straight people to be happy. And I don't want you to be happy. So we're going to make this all your problems. I'm like, you're a, ba- you're a badass. You're a sea witch. Why is that bad? Yeah. Why yeah. are Disney movies telling kids not to be witches? Also. Right. Witches are good. This Until Halloween lot. Town, when we realized it was actually fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And part of what I noticed on this watch, because I've been, I was so brainwashed by this movie, is that we get really no explanation as to why Ursula is not a part. Yes. We don't know why is there no one else in this story that looks anything like her. Like, we're led where are to the believe. the other tentacle people? Right. Right. Mm. right. And there's, like, so much coding to the point where it's, like, I feel like implied that she's extricated because she's othered in this way. Yes. And there's... Not even an attempt. She's just like, well, I used to be a part of this, but now I'm not. And like, that's all you get. And there's no, we're just supposed to assume that Triton is right. Why would everything. I assume a man is right? Exactly. <laughs> as as demonstrated by everything else he does in the movie, <laughs> he's almost never right. He's, he's not a good ruler, nor is he a good father. No like way. they're, you know, so that had never struck me before of like, 
they're just like, no, this is the villain, and this is what a villain looks like, and accept it. You right. Know? Yeah. <sighs> she did you notice that the like structure that she comes out of the first time that she's introduced is like this vulva it's just yeah. a, does she tumble out of a vagine yeah. <laughs> yeah. incredible uh-huh. yeah, she like it. wipes her mouth she's like I was busy <laughs> <laughs> what do you want you pesky animals it's like why does the cool fat dyke with short hair have to be bad I'm like I'm yeah. rooting for her the whole time she's yeah. awesome she's annoyed with clearly something I mean right. rightfully I want my kingdom so. back Right. Yeah. When we just we uh, we do we just don't know anything about why yes. she has been banished. No, there was but- probably like a Lilith fair back in the day <laughs> with other like tentacle lesbians, and then Triton canceled it because he wanted to have like Diplo play. <laughs> <laughs> but where did all the other tentacle people go? Like it's just, oh, I was I was more frustrated. I mean, in Ursula is the best, most interesting character in the movie by far. Best song. Yeah. She's got the best song. Yes. She's got the best henchmen. Like, Flossum best and Jetsum could murder Flounder. Like, they're... Oh, my God. <laughs> they could kill him. But also, like, Flounder's fucked up, too, because it's like... I feel like he is also the trope of, like, dopey fat boy. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Where mm-hmm. he, like, he's, like, chubby, and he's like, I'm slow. Wait up for me. It's like, wait up for him. He's yeah. Like, he's taking and, his time. And he and you're also being reckless, Ariel. There, I mean, playing off of that too. It's like, oh, he's like a chubby boy character, yeah. and he's a coward, right? <laughs> like, and that's such a pervasive trope, trope with yeah. that too. Totally. It's just like they're scared of everything and blah blah blah. And it's like, come on. I mean, yeah. but that's it. Like my I, mom, she cuts all the crusts off my sandwiches. I don't right. know if I can go in there. Well, Ursula's also. Uh, I have a few theories that I've been testing out on the yes. podcast, so you may have heard these before, but movies with female villains usually have a female protagonist because I feel like it's implied that female villains can't pose much of a threat to male protagonists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this reinforces that theory. Also, movies where a female villain makes potions and stuff like it uh, <laughs> is like a subtle way to villainize women in STEM. Wow. Oh, I female love that. scientists be dangerous. And we yeah. see this in Disney yeah. movies a ton. Maleficent. Even up to as recently as The Incredibles 2, mm-hmm. where that was a woman in STEM and a villain. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I, that's so true in every way. And it's also like, it's like they don't want to teach young girls that you should be scared of men and like the patriarchy is bad so we're gonna put like this lady this fat woman on it so you should like fear body positivity and Mm. queerness and like your own mother it's like i don't like it right i mean yeah and it and it does like all this whole genre of movie does so much work to separate women from other women to the point where it's very hard to see women even in the same scene where going off what you're saying i mean this whole movie and this is like said all the time but it's about ariel being passed off from one patriarch her dad and just being handed off with his permission mm-hmm. to another man into like this different uh, heteronormative oppressive structure. Right. And she, you know, it's like she is given agency for maybe 10 minutes, but then the rest is decided and swayed by how the men around her act. And in the meantime, any woman who is seen acting on her own is acting maliciously and acting to take another woman down. Right. And there is so much done to us, I think, when we're young to make other women seem like a threat 
to like there's so much done For to sure. prevent women from talking to each other uh because then we'll like figure out it's all a scam like i don't yeah. know but yeah that is and that's what i found friends are women either like none of the supporting right. characters are women She's yeah they're all, all just, coded men yeah they're all just mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. surrounded by different men like why couldn't founder just like be a girl right why couldn't it be like girl power or why couldn't we see what her relationship is with all her sisters. five million of her yeah. sisters <laughs> so true. who are na- like it's named re- there's six named. women who are named in this movie but more all, but they're all basically the same per- they're interchangeable we with know each other. nothing we know about nothing them. about them it would have been so easy to have two sisters in conflict of like one you know ariel wants to go to the surface one sister doesn't think it's a good idea like why for sure why? Why? Or like one of her sisters being in like the Sebastian role where she's like, I'm tattling on you. All because the time. Like yeah. women can be having like jobs <laughs> right. in right. this world. Like um, they are literally in, as far as we know, the mermaid world, women are performers. And that's all, all we know. Waiting at all times backstage. Yeah. yeah. For when like, Triton wants a little ditty. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, gals? You know. It's right. Disgusting. But yeah, we don't see the sisters interacting with Ariel at all. Which is strange because yeah. whenever she's like, oh, but if I become a human. And I'll never see my father or sisters again. So like, we're like, do you like your sisters? <laughs> we don't. We don't know because here are the examples of them interacting in the movie. Um, one of them says, "Ariel, time to come out. You've been in there all morning because you know women be in the bathroom." And <laughs> I mean, if they're in the sea, isn't it all a bathroom in the in a way? Hundred percent. What is the bathroom like <laughs> in the ocean? It's a bathroom. I pee Ariel. in the ocean. <laughs> Ariel does not respond to this. Uh, and then later, another sister says, what's with her lately? And no one responds. No one responds. <laughs> so that is the interaction that the sisters have with each other and with Ariel. So, <laughs> yeah, there that's you have it. annoying. Mm-hmm. A little bit more on, like, the, the character design. Um, oh, so, yeah. like, with Ariel... Sh- okay, you mentioned, Jamie, like, her fish bottom is so low and her just like body shape her proportions like her it's not anatomical no no there there was another thing that made the rounds a couple years ago of like where someone tried to render what would a human with those proportions look like it's done with barbies every once in a while as well and it is uh, predictively uh horrifying The scariest thing you've ever seen. Just women with gigantic heads. It's like when you <laughs> Beavis and Butthead 3D. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very frightening. I mean, it is, it is horrifying. And, and designed to make little girls feel bad about themselves so that they'll continue to buy products, products, products for right. the rest of their lives. And also, she explicitly says in the movie that she is 16 years old. So the animators are like crazy over-sexualizing Ooh, a teenager. I've got some freaky... Qu- okay, so the way that this... This movie is such a comes out at such a strange point in time because at the time this came out, it was considered of like, wow, a Disney princess is allowed to do something. This was progressive at the time. And <laughs> what well, came before it? Why? Well, if we're talking princesses, it's like Cinderella, Sleeping okay. Beauty, Snow, Snow White. White. So truly, like Trapped. they're like, she's not unconscious. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> like, shut up, feminist. That's. The literal bar we're coming right. in is like she's awake the whole movie, so <laughs> can she speak the whole movie? No. But no. <laughs> well, that's your problem. They're like, let's give us a few years. Maybe we'll let her talk, but she will be a prisoner, and that movie is Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you know, that's a feminist text because she can read. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> Fucking stupid. But the way that people reviewed this movie at the time, I mean, much of the problem with film criticism is it's so male-dominated. Sure. And in 1989, uh, is even more so. The way people write about this cartoon is pornographic. <laughs> There's, uh, here's an L.A. Times uh, clip. Mermaid's saucy heroine, Ariel, isn't much like uh, Anderson's sad, noble sea maid. She's a sexy little honey bunch. <laughs> With a double scalloped seashell bra and a mane of red hair tossed in tumble-out-of-bed SoCal style. You're like, SoCal style? Like it's Sofritas? What is he talking about? SoCal style? What, is she longboarding? (laughs) She makes sense. It is disgusting. And then in... in, Throw him to the sharks. uh, And then in the Boston Phoenix, uh, this one is, uh, uh, let's see. Ariel is sexy as well as sympathetic. (laughs) And Orlando Sentinel, uh, Ariel is sympathetic and in her little bikini top, rather hot. <laughs> You're just like, everyone, yeah. So, you know, just a reminder that uh, straight men are scary. Uh, <laughs> and always want to fuck cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> they won't Even when they're thing. teenagers. Even when, yeah. I mean, Ooh. yeah. Uh, so the way this character was received... And I think in retrospect, like a lot of the flack that Ariel receives has a lot to do with like the way adults viewed and spoke about this character. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, what Disney princesses are hot and I want to fuck them now. What? And it's like, okay, that's a you thing. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. So anyways, perverts. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, but then like, what else is Ariel supposed to wear? A shirt? It'll get wet. She yeah. has no other option besides double scalloped bra. Like, leave her alone. I mean, unless we're freeing the nipple under the sea, yeah. which I would embrace. Um, but then, like, contrast her character design with Ursula, for example, mm-hmm. where, and this is the case with, I would say, every Disney villain, where they're designed with body types that do not adhere to, like, the Western, conventional Western beauty standards. To say the least. Right. So, you know, when children are watching these movies and the heroes do adhere to those standards and the villains don't, you know, our mushy child brains are like, oh, well. It just doubles down. Right. It's like then, um, you know, thin, beautiful people are good and people who are not that are bad. Right. I mean, and the same goes for, like, coded sexuality. Exactly. Hetero people, even if they're evil pancake nippled fathers who don't <laughs> who can't like rule a kingdom to save their fucking they can't rule their own penis kingdom <laughs> if they're straight they're probably good at their job and they're a great parent yeah because um, yeah, i think yeah. so much with ursula too it's like because with the way that she's drawn it's like how bad of a thing it is to take up space it's like mm-hmm. i think that there's that too where it's like you like these men are drawing these women to be waifs because that's how they want as much space for women to take up. You know what I mean? It's right. Like right. They want people to be quiet, but like, like you're large and you're loud and you sing songs that are cool, then you're bad. <laughs> and then uh, the the thing with Ursula's character design that is kind of like strays from the direct criticism a little bit, and there is a lot of like gray area to get into with with this discussion, is that Ursula like canonically was modeled on Divine, right. the uh, drag queen who appeared in all of John Waters' films, and that was like, the, the creators were 
pretty upfront about like this is who we designed this character after mm-hmm. and i mean in in the the gay community to an extent has embraced that and but it's just like the fact that that is the option for queer visibility is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's... Because the thing that's so amazing about Divine and watching her movies is she is an example of being, like, a fat gay person who is funny, who's radical, yeah. who's outspoken, who knows what she wants. Everyone loves her, and if you don't love her, she'll kill you. <laughs> Where, like, she is Ursula, but, like, written by gay people. And, like, that's why right. Divine is so incredible, where it's, like, when you let queer people write their own stories and have their own narrative and they don't get to be these like power hungry lesbians who want to like eat redheads right (laughs) and like that is sometimes what we want to do but it's different (laughs) and it's better because we said it and you win both people win yeah yeah (laughs) the redhead and the fat lesbian like everyone wins everyone wins everyone wins there's a true or happy (laughs) ending truly (laughs) to this movie um, yeah, and then uh, another another thing worth mentioning is um, there is like this weird uh, blend between most of the movie's writers, directors are straight guys, but the composer of the songs and also of, I think, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast uh, was a composer named uh, Howard Ashman. Mm. who was uh, dying of AIDS throughout the writing of the songs for all three of those movies. And so there has been stuff... I mean, he never said anything about it explicitly in terms of like how his illness corresponded to his work, if at all. But apparently he would advocate for like, okay, I want to write like a good song for this queer-coded character because at the time, like that's the only option for a queer character to appear is mm. coded and bad. Right. But uh, Howard Ashman would write the best song for them. I mean, I don't know, but it is it is interesting that I mean there was an, an openly queer composer writing all these songs that are the best part of all of the movies. Yes, it's like and... whoever wrote all of Cher's songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to give the people what they want. Right, right. Uh, so you know he's the one penning the slappers. Uh, I, I just think it's also so. I mean, clearly, like, a doy-to-doy, like, men rule everything. But it's like, why do men rule writing movies for children who are women? Like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like, why do men rule everything? Like, why? I don't get why women can't even write movies for small girls. It doesn't make sense. They're like, uh, no, actually, we got this. Right. (laughs) Well, because even today. We're going to make her uncomfortable looking. Yeah. (laughs) Because even today, the the same uh, writers and directors of this movie also were the major creative players of yeah. Moana, which, again, is uh, a feminist text. So they learned a, a bit uh, from between I'm then sure and now. I'm sure women forced them to learn yes. along the way. Yeah, the emotional sure. labor was done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's all this Disney stuff is like, I'm so skull-fucked by all of it. I <laughs> like can't yeah. can't make hazard tell but it, but it's interesting to see this you know the same the same directors 17 years later at least even if they don't want to the culture had to force them to move forward right. at least a little bit although why aren't women allowed to direct disney movies still yeah i just <sighs> feel really lucky that i never i never had a princess phase and i never liked disney mm-hmm. movies so i do feel grateful for whatever reason my brain was never like play-doh molded by that mm-hmm. but i was like how can i look like jack skellington like that <laughs> was my aerial that's a that's a different form of body dysmorphia <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> <laughs> 
another unrealistic yeah. bodies <laughs> type set for children. I was children. like, Mom, can I have a can I have a straw a black straw cape for Christmas, please? <laughs> Don't ask why. <laughs> this is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ariel's agency and lack thereof and sure, her like yeah. sense of adventure. Because um, she is, as we mentioned, one of the earlier Disney princesses that has any sort of agency. A hint. A, a hint whisper of, of agency. But she uses that agency to make a lot of questionable choices. But, you know, she's a teenager. We all right. were idiots when we were teenagers. And then she also has a sense of adventure, much like the other, like, Disney Renaissance princesses, where, you know, Belle is like, I want so much more than this provincial life. And Well, this is the time that the, like, the literal formula for these movies became, like, fully formed of, like, there's always that song where the princess is allowed to want something more, whatever that vague more is, it usually isn't a relationship until two minutes later. Right. Yeah, it's like Ariel starts as a character that, you know, at least there's there's something to her. She wants to learn more about this culture she doesn't understand. She wants to be part of it. She's investigating stuff. She's collecting stuff. She's seeking out answers, even if the only person she knows is a dumbass seagull. Like... <laughs> 
She could, there was no internet. She couldn't. She had to ask a seagull. Uh, <laughs> but she's like, she is. I think very active and like, you know, rebels against her father and right. starts out as like, oh, you know, she's she's rejecting the norm of her society. She wants to learn more. And then, yeah, the second after that statement is made and part of your world, pretty clearly she's like listing, here's things I'd like to know. And then as far as we know, she never learns about it. Right. It's like, why couldn't she have found like a map? You know what I mean? <laughs> I just like, that's what's so frustrating is like, this text just manipulates all of our like innate beautiful desires for freedom and like existential quandary mm -hmm. but these guys in the writers room are like I just can't think of anything else she could do that could take her on like a journey of self awakening right let's have her get married at 16 right <laughs> that'll right. do it like there's nothing else she could do Right, the, all, the princesses they have these this, a sense of adventure, but then they never go on an adventure because they just meet a man two they, seconds later, and then their adventure becomes. Uh, they literally marriage. never go further than like a mile from their house. Right. <laughs> Jasmine doesn't even get to move. Like yeah. Aladdin moves into her house. Like it's <laughs> fucked right. up. Right. <laughs> And then I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just like in the climax of the story, this is uh, an example of a movie where the protagonist does not get to participate in the climax and Ariel is completely sidelined, very damseled because Eric has to step in and like kill Ursula and save yeah. the day. She does one She does one thing at the climax, but she doesn't get the conclusive moment that she right. deserves. She's even robbed of the moment where she is able to like get her own voice back. Like, yeah. Scuttle's the one who, like, snatches the necklace. And Scuttle's a dumb bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> how dare he take An that episode. from her? He doesn't even know what a fork is. No. <laughs> Fuck. All birds know what forks are. <laughs> Dumbass. Ariel does save a man at the beginning, so that is she does. a thing. But that's um, hardly... I, I think that at the time this is like, oh no, she does stuff, but it's all, it's like empty gestures because she's not even the hero of her own story. Well, what she does do, which is pretty badass, is that she blows smog onto that pompous guy's face because she oh, thought yeah. it was, oh, that's good. She like embarrassed yeah. a man. Because so that dumbass badass. bird was like, yeah. it's a recorder. <laughs> blow into Which it. she got to put like tobacco ash in a man's mouth. So I'm like, that's <laughs> feminist. <laughs> that was powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Which made me think that she kind of ends up becoming like a the born sexy yesterday type for like at least yeah. a little bit where okay. once she gets to the human world because she like she doesn't know what forks are. The thing is that subverts that trope, I think, is that she quickly learns. She like realizes that she's doing it wrong. She and like, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're, that the Born Sexy yesterday, there is something to that for this movie because we're at least there's like some vague like, oh, Eric, you know, she's not the girl that he was horny for, but he likes her because she doesn't know how to use things like <laughs> and that's a, a part of the borns. Yeah. Ah. So that's like the born sexy yesterday thing of like, even though the movie's like, no, he likes her for a reason. But it's like the reason he likes her is because she's a little baby. <laughs> like. <laughs> Right. Ew. We see like there's like this unequal power dynamic between him and her where like the man knows how to conduct himself in this world and she does not 
and nor does she have a voice to express her concerns or ask questions. So it's worse. Yes. <laughs> so. Even worse. And, and uh, yeah, like the moments where Eric looks cool is when he knows how to do basic shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I use, I, it's actually a fork. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. oh. I wish there was a scene where she got to like acclimate to all these things that she had in her treasure trove that she got to see now. Yeah, like, that would have right. been cool. That would have been cool if she like, I don't know, was like, what's a chair? Like, is it a hat? Like, who knows? <laughs> or if there is any moment where she got to demonstrate something she knew that he didn't because yeah. like there's being a, whole, a mermaid yeah <laughs> there's a whole world she's acquainted with totally. that he knows nothing about but he doesn't you know i mean we guess i guess part of the reason that is is because the second he finds out she's a mermaid he both is like oh and still hot and then the movie is over so well is she, like, as we soon as she that. becomes a human she can't swim anymore. Remember when she dives in the right. sea to like go after the wedding You'd think boat? She would have more powerful arms, right? But I don't know what it's like to be a mermaid. But so. like, I think it's all core, like CrossFit. It's core. Oh, sure, then sure, sure. She, I mean, she had her core. Yeah, she more core. Right. And she she has legs. That's that's a big part of swimming is legs. It's not as good as a tail. It's not as good as sure, a big of course. But like flounder has to like swim her to the boat. Yes. Like she can't even swim herself so anymore. True. Yes. A man had to take her there. God. A boy, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, it goes without saying that uh, there's a lot of allegedly sexy fish in this movie. However, mm. none of them are as sexy as the fish from The Shape of Water, who is <laughs> still the sexiest fish with the firmest ass. Mm. Oh. I would say, like, second to that fish would be Larry the Lobster from Spongebob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes! Like, top two sexy fish. <laughs> yes! Sexy crustaceans. Oh, yes. And uh, Larry. What an icon. Know, truly. An icon. A buff <laughs> icon. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the romance between Ariel and Eric? What romance? <laughs> right. Well, she sees him and falls instantly in love with him, which because I, movie, because movie, uh, and that's I also get, happens. Like, in- I can even extend my Venus in Scorpio. Like I can extend like seeing someone and being like boyoying. Like I sure to, to an extent, but to the point where you neglect what you've spent your whole life building Simply to no. chill one. Right. No. Right. Like, right. No. Also, she's a teen. Yes. Yeah. So there's no time spent developing their relationship or establishing like reasons why they might like each other. <laughs> it's just like that instant attraction that does happen. Sure, but but it's is it like, grounds for a marriage? No. No. <laughs> So yeah, this is just, it's a movie where the people are close to each other and they are attracted to each other, so they must get married. Well, another another uh, thing that's mentioned a lot in the early Disney Renaissance reviews of this movie is, oh, Eric is the first prince that has a personality, which again is like, where? no, he doesn't. <laughs> Although he does, well, recorder cape, right? Right. So, <laughs> blouse. So, so, recorder cape, blouse. So we've got a lot of elements going on. And... Because it's so, also, like, even in the beginning of the movie, like, the men get to have, they get to have their storyline where they get to be, like, funny and quirky. And, like, I don't know, that what's the guy, like, the Count Olaf-looking one who's, like, the old ch- chancellor? <laughs> what's yeah. what, him? Or Grimsby. 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 Also, everyone's British except for Eric. I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand this. We and the chef. From Ohio. And the chef who is the French. Chef is French. <laughs> um, sings another sense. great song. No. There. Oh, yeah. Where but it's like, Grimsby gets to give Eric this, like, big statue and then like that gets to be like their little moment like mm-hmm. Ariel that isn't extended to like any 
any woman in the right. movie where they get to have this expose of personality. Well, the thing is, like, they're, they're saying, like, oh, Eric has a personality, but he really doesn't. But the, the reason they're saying that is, again, because the bar is so fucking low from previous princess movies where there's some... There, it's always love at first sight, but it's like even more boring love at first sight. Right. Where, like, the prince in, in Sleeping Beauty is like, oh. And then he's like, man, she's asleep now. And then he's like, gotta go fight a dragon. But you barely, see, you like, you don't know anything. So just because Eric is like, I don't like statues and I play the recorder, they're like, Wow, amazing progress. <laughs> Character development at its like, best. I listen to Blink-182. Like, I'm not like the other boys. I'm not like the other princes. The but thing is, if a boy, if I met a boy when I was 16 who played the recorder, wore capes, and brooded, I would, I would fuck him. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. you know... There's a lot of different ways to view it. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, like, because this is... He's a, a manic pixie dream prince. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like an emo dream boy at times. But it's like, he doesn't really have that much of a personality. Oh, no. And no. we don't no understand. Do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the thing is, Ariel does have a personality, but he doesn't know that. Right. Because she can't talk. Yeah. Right. Like, this is a movie targeted at children and like i under i understand like wanting to simplify something as complicated as romantic love to like cater to your intended audience but also when you do that it sends very confusing and wrong messages there should Uh, be a disney princess who gets divorced (laughs) yeah they should like they should start with a marriage that is not working out and she's like, actually, I want to get an education. It'd be like eat, pray, love. Yeah. But a princess. But, but she princess. would have a crown. Eat, pray, princess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about the spell in Sebastian's song. Because the spell that Ursula puts on Ariel means that like she must be kissed so it means that like a woman can't be active in her own sexuality like she has to wait to be kissed uh and also the consent gets murky murky. true because like yeah the the story requires her to need to be kissed but what if she's not ready she is proposed after all sebastian there's like a bridge in the song where sebastian like explains basic consent Definitely needs He's to like, happen. Of course, you're gonna need a firm yes. I'm Sebastian. <laughs> Instead, we know what Eric happens. can hear him, right? Yeah, because uh, he says Ariel, and Eric's like, "Oh, I speak crap." <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he does have a personality. <laughs> maybe, maybe because the lyrics of the song are actually this. Sebastian's like, "You should kiss the girl," and. He says, possible she wanted to. There is one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word. Go on and kiss the girl. Oh my God. So yeah. it encourages not to check in with a girl to see if she wants to be kissed. It also yeah. just like informs that teen urgency to, because we all think that we have to like kiss or make out or like have sex from this mm-hmm. like wildly young age that we're even like aware of any of these things mm-hmm. where it like really preys on like the insecurity that you won't be valid unless you're kissed and you got three days to do it or you'll die right, right? like your life is ruined yeah. if you don't get approval from this man which is entirely maybe Eric like what if Eric wasn't what if Eric wanted to take things slow and then Ariel died right yeah that it's bad for for everyone this 
this it's curse. Like me being like, I have three days until prom. I haven't had sex. I'm gonna die. <laughs> right. But it, no, it's not even that you'll die. It's that is that someone you barely know will die. <laughs> yeah. It's because disturbed. you. Uh, because what if Eric was like, man, I just like we need to also We'd like love to hear her talk. We know like yeah, it's like Ariel could write something down. I mean, we know she can write canonically. She can write because she Eric, signs her name on the contract. Yes. yes. Uh, so. There's give the lady a quill like right she could have <laughs> expressed this i don't know i don't know this mm-hmm. movie's a mess right um, and also it's so short like we were talking about backstage like the movie yeah. is 70 minutes long you had like at least another 20 25 or yeah. to really like Before... break any of this down so it wasn't just like we're gonna take a woman's complete agency away so she can't be a scientist the to sell end. women insecurity the end right like you had 20 minutes right Use it. Yeah. Also, it's announced that Eric is getting married, and then Ariel thinks that it's her that he's but getting she married wasn't to. Asked. She wasn't asked. Yeah. No one, you know, that it was not discussed. But she's like, yep, it's me. <laughs> and she's Sounds stoked. Good. And she's so excited. She's like, oh, I guess he decided last night that he wants to marry me, so legally I must. Right, like, you're like, but then Eric's a dog. He was just gonna marry someone else because she could hit like Mariah Carey whistle tones. Like, it's, Im- <laughs> it's implied that it's a curse, but there, that's also like trouble of implying that, like, I mean, and this is like goes back forever of like men saying like, oh, she tricked me into right. doing so. Like how men, you know, often in in movies, especially movies of this era, will say like, oh, she tricked me into marrying her, and I didn't actually want to marry her, but she tricked and that is literally what we see happen of uh he is put under a spell and then uh gets married it's just you know another way men can offload regret onto women uh, who did nothing wrong yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. supple minds to like the like a queer coded character uh we've already been conditioned to hate also tricked a man into marrying her when she was bad it's like it's just bad yeah I don't know if this is worth talking about, but this movie presents the idea that Ariel needs to be under constant supervision because she's like a rascally teen. And Sebastian says someone should nail that girl's fins to the floor. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Like when I was a teenager, my parents were way more strict with me than with my brother. Same. uh, Same. Because there's like, yeah, it's the idea that like, oh, boys, they're allowed to go out and like, you know, make mistakes, misbehave because like boys will be boys. Jump off the roof. (laughs) Girls have to be, you know, well behaved. And I feel like this is an example that perpetuates that Yeah, and I think especially because Ariel doesn't have like, there's no matriarch figure that is positive like she doesn't mm-hmm. have a mom it's just like back to like King Triton just being by himself like oh, me and all these daughters right. where there's that too where he's like I don't know what to do with my daughters so I have to like break all of her things and watch her all the time right like the his solution to not knowing how to parent someone is to just oppress them yeah and make sure that they don't stray outside the norm at all because Completely. he's like well I don't know how to deal with anything but this one thing I know so if you don't do that you're canceled it would be a really like, good scene if Arrow would be able to like talk to her sisters and be like geez dad's kind of a dick right right because I'm like are they scene? just cool with him yeah. like 
I I mean it, I mean that transitioned really well into the whole like lack of matriarch discussion and like mm-hmm. the way Disney treats mothers and motherhood in this very bizarre way up until very recently and then still sometimes not well but this is an example of a movie that most of the Renaissance movies subscribe to this exact because all the Renaissance movies are the same where it's like a single father, the mother is dead and not addressed. We don't know what happened, uh, where there's no, and there's no matriarch figure in her life. The same for Jasmine, the same for Belle, the same for Pocahontas, I believe as well. There, yes. It, Mulan has a mom, yay, but she doesn't get to do much. And a grandma, yeah. <laughs> Mulan's grandma is like incredible, but <laughs> can't. Horny grandma. Horny grandma. Hashtag Uh, horny grandma. (laughs) Hashtag horny grandma, which is a trope, but I don't always hate it. (laughs) Uh, But this one lacks a a maternal figure at Mm -hmm. all. But in other, in earlier iterations of like the previous generation of Disney princesses had maternal figures and they were evil. Uh, Where Snow White and Cinderella have evil stepmothers and the implication there always tends to be of like if you are a mother who is not a biological mother, you cannot love a child as purely as a biological mother could, which is of course fucking ridiculous. It's just so insidious that from like conception, from like the jump that we were able to look at anything and understand it in any sort of like cultural way like we're just taught from the start from these movies that we have to hate other women like that's yeah. all these men want to do and that's why they want to write these movies where it's like we're gonna make all of these insidious plot points that you will never have a girl gang ever and you'll <laughs> never be a girl boss yeah and there's i mean and the, the like the solution to defeating a woman is always a man and like mm-hmm. having a man in your life to help you defeat the only the other, other woman, woman you've mm-hmm. met. Yes. Which is just, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. There's, mm-hmm. yeah. And then if we're talking about King Triton, I mean, he's the worst Disney father to me because, you know, Maurice, Belle's dad, he's a shitty inventor, right? <laughs> so he's like incompetent, but like so are many fathers, right? Uh, <laughs> Triton is genuinely a bad person. I mean, we know he's a bad person. He destroys her shit. He totally limits everything she can do. But he's also made out to look sympathetic. And by the end, we get that moment where she's like, I love you, daddy. And she's not, you know, we don't get to see that conflict play out where there's this huge conflict between them. He destroys everything she owns. She's devastated. She rebels against him by selling her body to Ursula. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it's chill. Right. It's chill later on. And, and the fact that, you know, we have, we're coming off of this whole history of evil stepmothers going into this movie, and we see a father act like an evil stepmother would, but then we're supposed to be like, oh, but he's trying his best. Because he has abs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, pancake nipples doesn't get his daughter, so it's okay that he's abusive. With you saying selling body, now there's kind of like an anti-sex work element to this too, where it's like, I feel like they really give her this like evil like I own a brothel vibe as well, where she Mm -hmm. like owns all of these people, but it's like, Trident's a king! He owns people too. Yeah, and he, you know, and we don't get to really see him do anything other than put on a little show for his daughters, who I'm assuming are unpaid. (laughs) (laughs) For that gig. Pay artist, everybody. Jesus Christ. 
Also, Triton does not check in with Ariel to see if she wants to be turned back into a human. He just does it. Yeah. Like, what if she didn't like being a human? Like, what if, what if those she three days she's like, no, else. I actually, I'm going to go back. Like, she went on, like, human rumspringa, basically. <laughs> and was like, no, I do want to return to my mer people community. Mm. And then he was just like, oh, she's looking at a human, so better turn her back into one. Like, And then the fact that she can only become a human. Why is he the only person who has that power? and ability right like, we ah. saw ursula has the ingredients it can clearly be done without your fucking penis stick that he carries around <laughs> like it can clearly be done and she's smart enough we're led to believe to be able to make it happen herself but she just is never allowed to make ursula it happen. like siblings they have like I feel like I've, I've read lore yeah. uh, to that effect. <laughs> I've read lore. I've read they lore. Have similar powers. Right. I mean, yeah, they're the yeah. only two people who can do jack shit. Right. <laughs> Are they world. like twins? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I wish we just knew more about Ursula's background yes. at all. We just don't know anything uh -huh. about her. Totally. Because that would make sense. Like, why yeah. are they the both two people who are able to do all this, like, wacky, incredible, powerful magic? Right. Yeah. But one's good and one's bad. But it's the same thing. But, like, when, well, when mm -hmm. the woman does it, it's actually bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, do, they literally do the same spell. <laughs> uh, one's but, good, one's bad. but when Triton does it, it's actually good. Right. <laughs> and, I wanted to uh, just uh, cover a little, little context stuff really quick where this is one of the many Disney movies that's adapted from a very old folk tale uh, by Hans Christian Andersen. Ever heard of him? And uh, the adaptation of this, I mean, this is like fairly common knowledge, but uh, the, the way The Little Mermaid ends in the story is that she uh, turns, you know, she realizes that she is never going to be a part of the human world in a meaningful way because she is a mermaid and she turns into seafoam and dies. Uh, so she turns into a big pile of cum. <laughs> she just, a foam? She just, she foams. Okay, also, she gets foamy and then she dies. Also, I like really quick backtracking, but pre foam is that like the the scene where Ursula becomes massive. She has like a, does a giant sea queef when everything just turns like black. Oh yeah, so she sludge underneath her, and I'm like, that's supposed to be bad. She inks herself, yeah. and it's incredible. Um, <laughs> So the Hans Christian Andersen story ends very differently. Something I learned uh, when I was researching this episode is that there is a lot of queer coding in Hans Christian Andersen's stories that I wasn't aware of mm. um, because uh, at the time of Hans Christian Andersen, being queer was illegal. So he, he was a queer man, which was found in many of his letters. He had affairs with men that uh, were expressed through letters. And there was a particular affair he had with a higher class, a, a man of a higher class than he was, who ended up uh, having to marry a woman of a higher class because hetero, uh, etc. Mm -hmm. And so this is a part of his personal history, and uh, a lot of the interpretation around it is that The Little Mermaid was this expression of Hans Christian Andersen is Ariel, um, or who is Ariel in the movie. Uh, the object of his affection is Eric, um, and so see, turning into seafoam at the end is basically just, and queer relationships aren't allowed, so I have to turn into foam emotionally. Mm -hmm. So there... There is, I know. No. 
<laughs> we gotta all, you know, take a shot for Hans tonight yeah. because he had it right. I mean, and, and it is interesting, like, reading about queer literature of, like, you have to really code it in metaphor on metaphor on metaphor to be able to discuss an issue like this at all. Um, because if you just were queer, you would not be allowed to be, you know, working in any capacity. And mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know, like learning that really, and I don't think that that reading of it is taken into account in the Disney adaptation at all, but oh, of I, course not. I did, I did find it to be like an interesting example of how queer artists had to express themselves at this time in order to express literally anything. Yeah. That's really so, interesting context. Yeah. Shouts, shouts out Where's to his Hans. biopic. I right. Yeah. His is there one? I don't know. There, there is. is. Wait. What's, is it good? What's it called? It's really good. <gasps> oh, what's no. it called? <laughs> I hope it's not Christian. I hope it's not Christian. <laughs> Christian sounds like another guy who would black out at a party all the time. <laughs> Be like, hey, you with that mermaid? That's cool. <laughs> is your name Mildred? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's interesting that there are so many, or not so many, I guess, too. Uh, queer artists, uh, they're where, you know, Hans Christian Andersen writes the original story and then it's adapted with all this incredible music by Howard Ashman, but it mm -hmm. still, you know, ends up being an incredibly oppressive, heteronormative piece that, uh, you know, has been uh, decimating the lives of children for going on 30 years. Yes, <laughs> indeed. It has. Incredible. <laughs> Love it. Does anyone have any other final thoughts? Uh, let me check my notes uh -huh. here uh nope talked about the sea queef so uh i i just wish that this story would could have been written with like ariel as like a riot girl that's like what i because like we're we're in washington we're near olympia where the, i just feel like they have that so close where it's like such a cool story to talk about being 16 and like hating everything and wanting to swim to the surface and like pick up a cool rock you found near a train track and add it <laughs> to your collection and like see if it's a crystal maybe who knows mm. but instead they had to make it patriarchy i just like <laughs> want there to be retribution for ariel yeah and like have her sing in a band called like clitoral attack or something <laughs> C clit. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has to be C. We're like C microphone. <laughs> when she sat in her C chair <laughs> and ate C food. Mm. C That's burritos. a real thing. C yeah. <laughs> she had C bugles for a C snack. Uh, I just wanted to say that there is a line that Scuttle says, um, look what the catfish dragged in. And I just want to say <laughs> that catfish have zero nipples <laughs> and that's catfish facts with caitlin um i would like to say that alfred molina <laughs> could have played any part in this movie because he's a versatile character actor who we know and love you know my close friend at this point uh Alfred Merlina, he has laid eyes on my face. <laughs> it's true. I would say, and I'm just, I'm just channeling him, my close friend. Uh, I would say that he received the script for this movie and wrote back a long letter explaining that actually this was a story by a queer author. 
and that he wasn't seeing any of those tones represented, and so he refuses to participate even for $75 million. Wow. <laughs> what a story. I think he, it's not a story. It's the it's truth. It's the truth. <laughs> so shout out to icon Alfred Molina. <laughs> Let's take some questions or comments from the crowd. Uh, if you have something, come anything? on up so that you can talk into the mic. Does anyone have? Yeah, come on Ooh. up. Oh, Hi, what's your name? Megan. Hi. Hi. I just want to take a second to cape for, or to like record or cape for uh, Ursula as feminist icon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because even as like a straight little girl, I was like, yes, because <laughs> she like, is trying to topple the patriarchy. She runs her own business. She has employees. She's obviously in charge of legal. Like, she's drawing up contracts. <laughs> Which neither of the two heroes we see signing a contract even look at. But we're like, yeah, that's cool. Like, she's trying yeah. to disclose everything to them. That's and she's like, true. by the way, no one up top is going to want to hear you talk. And Ariel's like, chill. And then she just signs a thing. But the whole time, Ursula's just like trying to run her business she's above board she yeah. really is that's Body a great positive, point right yeah. she's got a 401k yeah she's got a 401k oh yeah no we came up <laughs> we have like a headcanon now that like because she's the witch we were like oh maybe she was like the sea medicine woman mm-hmm. and maybe she was the sea doula and that's why ariel's mom is dead and why triton kicked her out of the the ocean and that's why she's so mad whoa, whoa. that's so you can all like that <laughs> ursula sea doula feminist icon Love it. Thank you. I had, it's that's a, a shirt. That's a great point about there is a plot point in this movie where it's just like, no, sorry, it's a legally binding document. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, okay, weird moment to adhere to the rules of the real world. <laughs> right? uh, any, any other questions, comments? Yes, yeah. come on up. Oh. Hello. Hi. Hi. My uh, concept of uh, Ursula is a little bit more sexual, <laughs> but I have two concepts or theories. I feel like what happens to the wedding guests possibly when Ursula becomes really huge mm-hmm. is like a Titanic reference where everyone's <laughs> actually drowning in the water uh-huh. while this whole scene is happening, but we don't see that <gasps> Titanic element. Wow. Yeah. Where so are the lifeboats? Yeah. None. There's there were none. not enough lifeboats on that boat. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, the other theory that I have is that King Triton actually killed Ariel's mom because Ursula was doing some weird tentacle, like sexual, beautiful things with Ariel's mom. So that's <gasps> why Ursula Whoa. turns him into a turd at the end, you know, because she that she's trying to take back what was her kingdom, which was a big, you know, lesbian kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Canon. Canon. Ursula's just trying to topple the dick palace, the literal yes. dick palace. And turn it into a queefdom. Yes. <laughs> uh, we had someone else up here? Yeah. Oh. So I just wanted to say, uh, Ursula has like several hundred lost souls trapped in her cave. And yes. like, I think this is just further evidence that Triton is a terrible ruler because I feel like there's not that many people in the sea. Like, <laughs> Like, if, if, like, half the people in this room disappeared all of a sudden, I feel like I would look around and be like, 
oh, maybe some people left, but he's just like, there's several hundred people who I've never seen again and who and are so... he never tries to stop her. Yeah. No, and he, he... he also seems to know where she lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, where she's he's at. He's like, hi, Larry. <laughs> hi, Bobby. Sorry and, you're a turd now. <laughs> and clearly, there are like, a lot of people dissatisfied with their lives that are, like, taking drastic legal, legal measures to, like, try and find a better oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just like, no. I, and King Triton has, like, no feelings about any of these people who've just left left his kingdom for to try and better themselves. God. Thank you. That's so true. Triton's like, I'm too distracted by all my daughters. <laughs> I can't fuck. Uh, we, we, had, we had another another question up here. I just wanted to say that um, there's not only a demonization of queer-coded characters, but of octopi. And true. Just quick, in defense of octopi, they are incredible caretakers. Uh, when a female octopus gives birth... She lays all of her eggs and then stays with them, caring for them until she dies <gasps> as a sacrifice. So, quick defense of octopi. Thank, Thank you. you. Are you a woman in STEM? <laughs> wow. Maternal icons. Brave. Yeah. Um, to further talk about Ursula, um, this, movie, <laughs> this movie does pass the Loftus test. Yes, it does. Baldest woman in charge. It does. Thank God. Baldest woman in charge. Honestly, she is the baldest woman and she is truly in charge. Wow. Um, I think we have time for one more, if there's one more. Um, To your point that, like, Ursula and Triton were, like, siblings, I Googled it. Once the lights came up, they're, like, confirmed siblings. Who confirmed it? It was, like, part of the original screenplay was that they were siblings. And you know her, like, little shell that she wears? Yes. That was, like, her source of power. And Triton got the trident. And she got banished because, like, she was trying to be too greedy because they got, like, two halves of, like, the kingdom. Okay. And so he was, like... You're too opinionated, and you have too much power. I'm you're too weighty. Yeah. Why does he get to banish her if they have exactly. equal power? Like you're, you're not better than we her. Know why. Yeah. We know why. We know why. She's doing good, signing why? contracts. She's a lawyer She's, now. Yeah. Oh my god! So then Ursula, Damn. if that person's points right, then Ursula was sleeping with Trite, with hit with her brother's wife. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, imagine if your, like, sister who is a lawyer and smarter than you started hooking up with your wife. You'd be like, oh, my God. I also love how wow, none of thank these you so are much. questions. Right, I know. Everyone's like, excuse me. I was like, me. actually. They're all, I love our listeners so much. Valid points. Everyone's unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> That's really true, though. Like, Ursula, she probably didn't want more power than him. or any, Like, she wasn't being greedy. She yeah. just wanted equal power. And he's yeah. like, fuck you, you're banished. <laughs> right. But he shouldn't be, in theory, if they have equal power, why would he be able to banish her to, <sighs> to, to like, vagina cave? See patriarchy. <laughs> and also, it looks like Ursula's, like, area is the same size as the kingdom, where, as you pointed out, like, 14 people live. <laughs> She's storing a lot of souls. He's in charge of like a private school second grade class. (laughs) She should Marie Kondo her soul storage. (laughs) Should we decide if it passes the Bechdel test? Oh. (laughs) No. No, you know. (laughs) Making sure. (laughs) 
Right, because even the few conversations or like exchanges between Ariel and Ursula that technically may pass because a man's name isn't mentioned, because there's like yeah. there's a line where like Ursula's I like, the only thing is to become a human yourself, and then she's like, can you do that? But the context right. is all about a man and changing Ariel's whole self to be with a man. The one exchange I found that may pass is bad it's towards the very end where ursula is about to do the death queef and ariel says you monster and ursula says don't mess with me you little brat so oh so you know an iconic exchange (laughs) that was the one maybe i was able to find interesting that's an excerpt of me talking to my mom in high school (laughs) (laughs) you monster i feel like because ursula's whole goal is to overthrow and steal the power of triton which she rightfully like that was great she's just just trying to topple the patriarchy so yeah and then and then eric stabbed her (sighs) poor ursula yeah i know yeah, I, I would. I'm okay with saying that's a pass. That exchange. I think that that is somehow a pass. Yeah, because she is kind of. It's still contextually about a man, but it's about overthrowing a man. So please disregard everything we've just said. <laughs> the Bechdel test is a perfect metric, and uh, it passes. Yeah, it's a feminist text. <laughs> Shall we give him uh, give, give it nipples? Yeah, let's rate on our nipple scale. Right. Uh, zero to five nipples based on its portrayal of women. I'm gonna go with a half nipple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. I is, know. It have, is it more of an areola? <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a King Triton pancake areola. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, between any, like, semblance of agency and, like, sense of adventure that Ariel is given is immediately taken away from her. The whole story is about her sacrificing, you know, herself and everything about herself to be with a man, all of the character design uh, that is damaging, all of the queer coding that's damaging. Everything about it is not good, but I have to give it a half nipple for the song poor unfortunate souls so that's that uh, but yeah so half nipple will go to ursula yeah yeah uh I'll, I'll give it a half nipple as well and just to add to that it is like frustrating to uh see a female character uh in spite of all the like negative physical uh things that, that are happening in, in the character design and all that but to have a female character set up with a personality, with an interest that isn't a heterosexual relationship, and like setting up, here's gonna be a cool character that we can root for, and then literally remove all of it. Mm-hmm. And then to a point, and when you see it when you're young enough, you don't even realize that that's what's happening. Sure. Um, so that made me sad. Yes. Uh, half nipple because Ursula, and I'm giving it to Flotsam. Sure. Because I don't think eels have nipples, and I would like to give them a shot. <laughs> Maybe the person who knows a lot about octopuses. Do eels have nipples? They do not. They okay. don't. Good. Confirmed. They don't. Um, yeah, same, like, half to full to one nipple. 
I think it's like the only, to me, cool thing about this movie is that Ursula is so badass. And I think it's really cool in 2019 to have this like resurgence of queers and allies alike who understand like how radical she is, like even within how unfortunately she was portrayed in this movie. Mm -hmm. But to now have this like icon of like fat dyke who like is a lawyer, (laughs) as someone has now pointed out to us, like and a chemist, like and like pays her own bills, (laughs) like pays the rent, like mortgage like on top of it like good credit score yeah (laughs) like to just have her to exist in all of our canons and all of our cultural understandings of Disney to me it's like that gives it the one but that's because of us not because of them right like we gave her that yeah 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 who would you like to give your nipple to oh right 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 (laughs) I got carried away um (laughs) It sounded like a threat the way yeah. he said it. I'm going to give I'm so sorry. my one nipple to the woman who gave Ariel the bath. Oh, the, oh yeah. Yes, another character who we get to sort of meet, but we never get to get to know her as well as literally any man we meet at any point in the story. Right. Yes. But she seems nurturing. I don't know. She does bathe a nude stranger. I don't know what the customs in this country are. It was are. a different time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, go, sure. <laughs> well, that's the damn show. Yeah. Give it up for yourselves. Give it up for Clara. Clara, where can people follow you? Yeah. What would you like to plug? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at realchrisangel. I'm trying to get crossover fans uh, and that's C-R-I-S-S Angel real Chris Angel mm-hmm. <laughs> please follow me he's furious <laughs> awesome thanks again for coming good night so that was the episode yeah it was so 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 much fun thank you to everyone who was there it was packed shell yes so much fun just a couple quick notes uh we did the like q a at the end little you know audience questions and comments which was so much fun yeah but the audio quality some of the people they couldn't make it up to the stage to talk into the mic so there were a couple people whose questions comments we had to cut because just the audio didn't pick up on the recording uh, yeah. our apologies go out to you if you had your comment cut uh one of them yeah, please was... come to our houses kill us <laughs> not doing that for you so uh, one was uh, defending Scuttle. I, w- I was there for it. I was I was fully there for yes, it. Yes, we 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 are sorry we came down so hard on Scuttle. Shouts out shouts out to the Scuttle sand. We were put in our place. Yes, indeed. Yes. And then another one was a mother who said she recently watched the movie with her young daughter and just was horrified at the messages that the movie was sending and how her daughter was struggling to understand what was wrong with the movie because all of this like patriarchal ideas being implanted into the minds of just like us we were all. and we watched it for the first yeah. time and yeah. yeah starting with they get the kids young Ugh. with the patriarchy but uh shouts out to mm-hmm. the seattle mom who yes. was doing the work getting out in front of it crushing the patriarchy in advance Yes, indeed. Yes. And then the last really quick thing was that um, I was talking to Joan Ford, oh, friend of the cast, iconic. Our, yes. uh, on our Scream episode. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen. Mm-hmm. And I told her that we had recorded a Little Mermaid episode, and she asked if we had talked about the interpretation of the movie as a trans narrative at all. Right. And there's so, there's so many 
fascinating different interpretations of the movie um and yes, yes. what did you so have yeah to say? i said i said I, did, I didn't think we did but would you mind sharing your thoughts and uh she said i'll just go ahead and read it here Quote. um as i've transitioned i've come to think of ariel as sort of a trans icon the parallels are pretty clear she was born into one body but feels like she belongs in another and does the work to make that transformation happen Sure, she makes some bad choices along the way, but the road to realizing your true self is usually a rocky one, especially if you have a family that doesn't accept you and you're forced to figure out stuff on your own. In parentheses, writing this, I'm realizing we should be celebrating Sebastian and Flounder as cinema's original trans allies. Hell yeah. Sebastian takes a little longer to get on board, but he really redeems himself during Kiss the Girl. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's why I take issue with the Ariel changes herself to be with a man narrative that critics tend to impose on the movie. Ariel wants to be human from moment one. She sings Part of Your World, her trans anthem, long before she ever sets eyes on Prince Eric. Eric may be the catalyst that finally gets her to take action and go see Ursula, but that decision is all rooted in her long-held conviction that she wants to be where the people are. Whether or not Eric is worthy of her is kind of beside the point to me, as I think it's pretty common for kids to latch on to new people when they're going through this kind of big self-realization. Maybe they're going to be together forever. Maybe she moves on when she realizes the world is huge and there are so many more humans out of the sea. The important thing is that he was there offering her that possibility of a new and different life when she needed it. Uh, And then again, in parentheses, she says, by the way, I know I'm being kind of generous about Ariel's options as a woman in the 1800s. But whatever, it's a fantasy. If a mermaid can grow legs, then I think it's also fair to think she can have an amicable divorce. (laughs) Uh, Also, anyone who thinks giving up your voice to a sea witch is rough should try getting hormone replacement (laughs) therapy through Kaiser (laughs) Permanente. If you don't know what Kaiser Permanente is, it's like a healthcare facility uh, in in California. Yeah. Uh, they, she said, they make you jump through so many hoops. I wish I knew a sea witch <laughs> who could have cut me that straightforward of a deal. Joan. So that's what Joan said. So uh, I thought that was a really um, awesome interpretation of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then I was just chatting with her a little bit after that. And we agreed that that was more than likely not any of the intentions of the filmmakers to try to create this like allegorical trans narrative. But that's what fantasies are for. And right. like, that's why we got to discuss so many different interpretations of it in the episode as well. I'm so glad that she let us know because that tracks 100%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, as as problematic as these um, old fairy tales tend to be, there are always a million different ways to see yourself uh, inside of them, and which is, you know, probably why they're... They're still around. Mm-hmm. I love yes. that. Yeah, same. Joan. Follow so, Joan on everything. Yes, follow her. You can uh, check her out on Instagram at Joan Haley Ford. She's so, so talented. And read her book as well. Yes, indeed. So yeah, that's just the the kind of the after, the footnotes. Footnotes. Oh my God. <laughs> to channel uh, Miles Gray uh, that we wanted I to include, <laughs> that we wanted to include uh, on this episode. And then also just to say thanks again to our guest of the show, Clara Pluton. Yes. We wanted to say You're thanks wonderful. again to the Jewelbox Theater at the Rendezvous in Seattle for having us there. And thank you to everyone who came. It really was such a fun um, couple of shows that we did there yes and we will be back i got that was the show where someone brought me a mike's hard lemonade uh light lamp whoa wait yeah like Remember? a no oh the, the lamp yeah. i heard mike's hard lemonade light and i thought of like 
crystal light, like oh. a di- diet light, <laughs> a powdered, like a Bud Light kind of thing. I wish they made it like <laughs> cocaine form, but they do not yet. Um, yes, it was it was a, a, a an illuminated sign type yeah that shows with me always (laughs) this specific show looms above me every single day oh and then also thanks again to uh our road dog and uh audio engineer sammy junio friend of the cast Mm -hmm. she's the man episode go back and listen to it indeed uh and i believe you know thank you for listening check us out on all the normal places Mm bechtelcast.com on twitter and instagram at bechtelcast uh just another reminder to contribute to our uh black girl code fundraiser by buying our Rise of the Matriarchy t-shirt at tpublic.com slash thebechdelcast. And that's where all of our designs are for all of our merch. Yes. Uh, but yeah, prioritize the Rise of the Matriarchy one for now. Um, or but, else. Yeah, or else. Uh, and then of course, um, our, our Matreon, mm-hmm. two bonus episodes every month for $5, including the entire backlog of all the bonus episodes. So you're getting like 40 bonus episodes. Yeah, we ton. You're missing out if you're not a matron. Yeah. So and join, uh, join up and uh, be part of the world of the Matreon. And and if you're not, you're going to be a poor, unfortunate soul. Whoa! (laughs) And then go out there and eat some les poissons, unless you're, you know, you don't eat fish. Yeah. Yeah. And then go out and eat something else. Some les vegetables. Les les broccoli. (laughs) Go eat some broccoli. This has descended into chaos. See you later. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.